What's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. We preview the Arnold Classic. That's right. Two White Lights is going to help you get excited for the Arnold Classic, the return of the Arnold. Uh, it's been a long time. 2020 was the Corona Classic. That was like, if you remember the first time we saw coronavirus, like, have its effects, and no one was really allowed in aside from competitors, and then the world ended a week later, and then a year later, obviously, they didn't have the Arnold. And this year, it's back. 2022, we have the Arnold. It's one of my favorite meets. Um, a lot of great memories are there, and the USAPL usually has a fantastic meet. And we have a solid list of lifters who are competing some Compelling storylines. Now a disclaimer here, especially on the pro side of things. So the Grand Prix and the pro at the uh, Arnold. Um, a lot of lifters are dropping out, and so we're going to break down a lot of these lifters, and they won't be on the roster shortly, or they're just not going to compete. So, you know, we recorded it prior to us finding this out, so uh, that's the t- typical classic Two White Lights mistiming when to record an episode, but kind of had no choice. Had to record at the time we recorded it. Um, but still, really good roster. Uh, there's still compelling storylines on the Grand Prix and Pro side. We give our predictions. Uh, we're going to have to change those predictions as more lifters drop out. I mean, hell, if you guys listen, uh, my predicament as far as dropping out was kind of up in the air, and it still technically is. You guys are going to listen to that very shortly. Um, going forward, it's just a difficult meet right now with uh, Nationals coming later in the year. So I think that's why you see a little bit more lifters drop out of this meet as, you know, years pass in the Arnold. But that's on the pro side. The amateur side, in my opinion, is the real storyline. It should be the lead of this meet because we have a lot of popular lifters. It is a big roster. And the predictions, you know, we got into it on that and we differed a pretty strongly, me and Steve, on this one. And, I mean, it's the amateur day, but they're pro lifters. These guys and girls are all pro lifters. They're pro caliber lifters. And in all honesty, I think the amateurs can outperform the pros um, when the Arnold rolls around. Like, that's how good the amateurs are looking. And I'm really excited for that part in particular. Um, we really only get to cover the raw side of powerlifting because uh, the equipped, there's going to be pro bench, there's going to be pro deadlift. Uh, there's going to be masters lifters there too. We just... It's an hour, 45 minutes long, and that is just the raw lifters. So, unfortunately, we didn't get to cover all of it. We need more employees at Two Way Lights to cover every single thing in powerlifting. And also, we apologize to people we left off, too. Um, we looked at the roster, we looked at qualifying totals, and we left a few people off who are going to be some heavy hitters and potentially could break in the top five, and we didn't mention you. Um, in particular, a guy that I'm really high on, uh, Devin Williams, uh, Indy City Barbell, Indianapolis guy. We know we just didn't mention him because we saw his qualifying total and it kind of got lost in the fray there. And I apologize because I love the guy, but you know, and a lot of listeners are like that too. You know, when we break this down, so um, the storylines are going to happen. We're going to cover it. We're going to get you guys excited for the Arnold. Can't wait for this meet to take place. But before that, got to talk to you guys about Leffler Bros. If you're going to the Arnold, you are going to see some Leffler Bros. athletes compete on the platform. The Leffler team is growing. The family is growing. We're going to have Autumn Green, myself potentially, Keanu Webb compete at the Arnold. And you know what? We're going to look. Damn good the entire weekend because we are going to be stocked with some Leflar Bros merchandise. We have the best merchandise in powerlifting. I say it on every podcast because it's true, damn it. We have the best. 
Every single drop is fresh, new, it's dope, it looks fantastic, you look good in the gym, you're going to look good on the platform, you're going to look all good off the platform. When we hit the bars in Columbus, Ohio, we're going to look like the best looking people in there because we're going to be having Leffler Bros covering us from head to toe, and also, we're just three very good looking people, four if you count CB. Use promo code 2WL15 to save yourself some money on Leffler Bros merchandise and check out the merchandise on Instagram and on their website as well. The website is looking beautiful. And also, there's more drops coming. I've seen the future of Leffler Bros, and it is bright. It is beautiful. It's as beautiful as the merchandise. Make sure you use that promo code 2WL15. Also, go to lift.net and get yourself some stoic gear. They dropped the navy colorways, and it looks fantastic. I really, really love how it's looking. Also, that belt is looking sexy right now, too. Uh, get yourself... Some affordable, stoic gear. Look out for that colorway. It's coming. The navy blue. I'm going to be sporting it if I compete at the Arnold. On the platform. And I wear it in the gym and on the platform because it is quality. Use promo code ANGELO10 to save yourself some money on the stoic gear from the wrist straps, the singlets, the belts, the knee sleeves. Use that promo code ANGELO10. It's already affordable, but that promo code is going to make it all the more affordable. Get yourself some stoic gear on lift.com. Net. Also, eat healthier, power lifters. Go to Freshly.com. Telling you, eating Sour Patch Kids and washing it down with like a terrible protein shake that you got at the gas station isn't good nutrition. Go to Freshly.com. Use promo code ANGAFF to get yourself some healthy, affordable meals. Meal prep is difficult. That's why I really like the fact that I teamed up with Freshly because they help me meal prep and also they give me those macro-friendly meals, the healthy meals, the vegetables, the meats. Those are important. I'm telling you, just because Sour Patch Kids has multiple colors doesn't mean you're getting your vitamins. Get yourself some Freshly. Use promo code ANGAFF. That's A-N-G-A-F-F to get yourself a lot of money saved on those orders. So remember that promo code, and also subscribe on Spotify. Leave a five-star rating on Spotify. I didn't even know they have those, and I actually thank a lot of people who have rated us a five-star. Keep it coming, and also leave five stars on Apple Podcasts. Leave a review. Also subscribe on both, and also subscribe on 2 And without further ado, here it is, Two White Lights. Ooh, baby, I like it more. Yeah, baby, I like it more. Ooh, baby, I like it more. Yeah, baby, I like it more. Shimmy, shimmy, y'all, shimmy, yeah, shimmy, yeah. Give me the mic so I can take it away. Off on the natural charge, born for yards. Yeah, from the home of the Dodger Brooklyn squad. And as promised, we are approaching one of my favorite weeks in all of powerlifting, and it's been a long, long time since we've actually experienced it. The Arnold. If you guys haven't known, the Arnold is actually coming up. Yeah, this is, I mean, for a long time, Arnold held my favorite meet ever or best meet ever award. VA Pro may have trumped it. I, I still I still am sitting here saying VA Pro was the greatest we've ever been to. Well, okay. But I, yeah, I can agree with you there. Continue. But 
the Arnold is the Arnold because it's not just about the powerlifting mm-hmm. meet. It's the entire encompassing aura that like, I think hundreds of thousands of fitness people are there. I mean, we're going to be on the big stage with the Grand Prix. We're going to be back in C-Pod. I mean, back in 2020, we we had Arnold commentating on the mic as some of our lifters were lifting. The Arnold's special in that way. There's nothing else like the Arnold's. Yeah, I, I agree with you in that. A Virginia Pro, as far as single meet goes, as far as Reduction Valley, yes, I would agree with you. Best meet I've ever seen, best live stream I've ever seen. But the Arnold does hit different. Like, that week is something special. You, in a lot of ways, to me, it's better than Nationals. Not not the power of the meets itself, but the gathering of people. Because a lot of people just aren't, a lot of people who go aren't competing. Um, they're either there for business or they're there to coach or there to handle. And it's a gathering of power lifters. And it really helps the community. It's a strong community event. It's, um, it's something that I think we're actually taking for granted a little bit in the USAPL. Cause I think like, cause we're at a point where it just happens so often that we're just kind of like getting used to it. But God, like 2020 was such a letdown. Cause it was, I mean, I, I mean, the world was let down. It was coronavirus. It was the biggest bummer, <laughs> bummer timeline in our nation's history almost, uh, minus the Great Depression. But, um, the, the Arnold, week that year like you didn't fully get it because it was a ghost town it was the ghost town arnold but in 2019 that was my first experience of the arnold and it was just it was just incredibly fun i didn't compete at it it was just so fun to be there it was so fun to like to actually hang out with the people that you talk to over instagram lift with the people you talk over instagram i the arnold does have a special place in my heart because of how big the week is yeah and you Get, I mean, there's moments to it, the Arnold, that you're not going to get anywhere else. I just posted on my store the other day. I mean, the single greatest thing I've ever seen in powerlifting was Ray squatting 1080 at the Arnold. Mm-hmm. And we're lucky it was at the Arnold because it, people who were there, were you there for it? No, I didn't see that was 20, it. That was 2019. Yeah, no, I didn't see it. So okay. I was, I was Got not it. the USAPL guy I am today then too. So I was probably at the Animal Cage. <laughs> or, the, or the XPC Pro Meet. I wasn't there. <laughs> so, I was at the either way, at the animal cage. The, there are two times I had seen C pod that packed and like people outside of power just like all the way back to the wall trying to watch was one when uh, Ray did that. And then two, a lot of people who listen to this podcast might not even remember this when Dana Lynn Bailey competed, I think in 2017 or 18. Yeah, I think it was 2017. Maybe when Dana Lynn Bailey competed, it was, not in the same hype, but the the attention in CPOD was insane. But nothing was like 2019 Ray Williams because the hype plus the attention was there. But yeah, the Arnold's just special. I mean, that was probably the OG production meet. Like, Nationals more took what the Arnold did and applied it because Arnold was doing that first. And as well as, like, as a coach, I've always loved the Arnold because, like, straight up, there's no idiots there. Like, when you're in the warm-up room, Everyone has a knowledgeable coach and like things are just like on point. You don't, even, you can just look at someone and say 125 kgs, boom, boom, got it, warm up, go. Like it's a, it's just such a, it's just a great meet because of how professional it is from not only the production, but down to everyone that's attending. Yeah, I completely agree with you on that one. I mean, 2020 when I did compete at the Arnold, that was kind of the first thing that stuck out to me was the warm up room was like, I mean, cause I, you know, big fan of powerlifting, obviously, and, you know, I had two highlights at the time as well. It was a surreal moment 
like just looking around the warm-up room and seeing all the big names in the USAPL and all of Tested Powerlifting in there and either coaching or competing. It was really a special moment for me. I remember just having a blast the entire time from start to finish. Um, I, 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 you know what I got a kick out of? I got a kick out of being on the same platform as Sean Noriega and Joe Stanek and them unloading and loading the weights and timing our thing. Like, it sounds stupid, but I was like, this is so cool. Well, I was with Matt Gary while you were doing that, so I was just, I was having just yeah. as much fun. And then I remember I was warming up with Candido and I was like, this is so cool. I'm like, this is so, this is unbelievable. Candido, I'm warming up with Johnny Candido on my deadlifts. And, uh, just and hanging out too in the, uh, the dugout with all the lifters, like, and so many of those well, lifters that, and they blew up after that meet too. They, like, a lot of those lifters, if you look at the top five of the A7, uh, raw, uh, pro raw challenge in 2020, which was more competitive than the, uh, pro American the following day, it was number one, I believe was Jonathan Garcia. Two was Delaney Wallace. Three was Daniel Clements. Four was Zach DiCostanzo, and I was fifth. That was such an unbelievably stacked day. And all, all those guys, you know, like uh, we have a national champion in there. Delaney Wallace is number two in the 83s. Um, Daniel uh, Daniel Clemens uh, and Jonathan Garcia, like like first time they're really competing against each other. It was it was something incredible, and I'm I'm very happy that it's going to happen at its full capacity. Because the only letdown of that meet was it was a ghost town. You know, no one yeah. was there. Well, two things special. Well, one thing you missed out on, one thing special about me. The one thing you missed out on that you'll probably see this year, the who's who of power thing starts to come back to the warrant room on the big days. Yeah. Um, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna see your, one of your man crushes, Lane Norton, probably back there if he's at the Arnold. He seems to always come back in the warrant room for a little bit. Eddie Cohn's always usually in there. Everyone starts coming back there just to hang out. Um, but two, while we didn't talk, that was the first time we saw each other. Yeah. It was. <laughs> it was. I saw you sitting there eating pasta, and that was the first time I ever laid eyes on you. And that was the pasta. We, we did. We didn't. We <laughs> didn't know the the bromance that would ensue from that. But like that was the first moment we met eyes. <laughs> that was, I guess, the pasta moment too. That was the start of the memes. Was the pasta memes? I was eating pasta at nine o'clock in the morning. Actually, earlier than that, I think it was seven to nine o'clock in the morning. And uh, everyone was kind of like, "Are you eating pasta right now?" And Zach DiCostanzo, of course, got a kicked out of it, but with having the name Zach DiCostanzo, I think you guys know why. But yeah, it was such a fun weekend. The world ended it right after that. Um, but that was such a fun weekend, and it's going to be at full capacity. Um, and you know, I don't feel like there's as much hype for it this go round. I feel like there should. Hopefully, two white lights can bring it, but I don't feel that way this go round. Even though when we get there, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I think there's hype that it's the Arnold. I'm a bit disappointed about the the coverage. I mean, this is the first ever pro meet yeah. hosted by USAPL. It's the first ever pro the time the pro series is now the Arnold. I wish there was more hype. Yeah. I um Saber, I mean, albeit some of the stuff he posted sometimes we were like, eh, we could hopefully he he he's not the best with Instagram, but Saber was posting like every day. Mm-hmm. Everyone was talking about the VA Pro for months. No one's talking about the Grand Prix and the Pro Raw for the Arnold because there's just no hype behind it. Now, like you said, hopefully we can create some hype, but if USAPL is listening, like, get behind this. 
Like this is your replacement for the IPF, like top level competition. Something that people like, not only do they like competition, not only do some people like money, they like clout. Yeah. Give them their clout and give them their attention and hype the crap out of it. We've got Ashton Rouska coming in. We got John Gruden, the son of a football legend coming in. We got Angelo, the stallion Fortino. Best, or, uh, well, Nick Manders. I don't want to necessarily say best. The current best deadlift in the world at 83. Best deadlifter up for grabs. We got Jonathan Garcia doing crazy things. We've got on the women's side, Sam Calhoun, the legend, going up against Claire Zai, Brittany Sublicki, Gabby Martinez, and Jamie Fisher with a couple people up and coming like Jasmine Adrago, Autumn Green, and Caitlin Berry. And then we're going to talk about the A7 Challenge. Someone's going to earn their pro card. And the A7 Challenge may have some people that are could maybe place top five in the pros right now at this meet. Like, mm-hmm. we got some amazing lifters. Like, USAPL, get behind us a little bit. There, there really needs to be some hype. I, I mean, I got goosebumps of you saying that. I just l- listened to all the competitors that you listed, and then the A7 uh, the A7 challenge is something that I'm actually more excited for um, because you're going to see some real breakout performers, and I think the battles you're going to see are going to be incredible. And just some lifters that the spotlight has been on them before, but this is a different type of spotlight. Um hate to bring the conversation to me again, but 2020 Arnold, that was my meet as a as a legitimate contender because it's a big meet. Spotlight's on you. Everyone's watching you when you do it. You're getting national level judges. You're getting the crowd into it. You're getting a big scene. You have to perform still. You could be this is this is a lot of people's uh proving ground. If you don't prove yourself at the Arnold, then maybe you're maybe you're a local meat lifter. Maybe that's what you do. Maybe you could only compete in those in the uh, in the local meet level and not necessarily at the pro level. Um, and I think this is the measuring stick. And I do see some lifters on that A seven day who are who are pro lifters and who are going to be legitimate contenders on the female side and the male side. I'm incredibly excited to see that. Um, and then, uh, no one's ever not excited to see the names that you mentioned either. So let's jump. Let's jump into those. Let's jump into the uh, the pro the pro meets. The Grand Prix and the um, do they have a name for the pro? What, what's it called? The Pro Raw, I guess. So I will cover one thing real quick because I've been talking to Josh Rohr the last couple of days. He's an executive on the executive board, and he's awesome. He's the one that uh, really was behind the Pro Series and whatnot. Um, as some people may know, I put it on my story. Um, it's now like the Pro Am Raw equipped, like it's the Pro Raw, but then it's the Pro Am equipped. Uh, they had a pro-am equipped meet that just didn't have anyone sign up and they only had five people like that were amateurs and they're in the pro-raw meet, which is kind of odd. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of that. I, I do have, uh, knowledge that they're hopefully maybe putting them in their own flight. So we're not having this like weird intermixing of like equipped amateurs and raw pros, but I, I guess we can, we can call it, we've got the Grand Prix and the pro-raw and we're kind of, kind of covered them together. Because even though they're separate meets, mm-hmm. the pro series is the combination of those two. Like when we're talking about the point series and like what we're trying to pick for the winners, um, while there's, there's prize money based on the Grand Prix and there's prize money, I believe based off of the pro raw. Again, USAPL, we'd love to hear what this prize money is. Again, another thing that we're two weeks out almost and we, we don't even know what that is. Um, 
the point series is still based off of the, them combined. So I think when we're talking about this, we're mainly talking about it combined, not separating the Grand Prix and the Pro Raw, because that's really what matters kind of in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, so let's let's just cover those as we get our start. So let's start with the men's side. Okay, so any this is like two white light specialty. We see Ashton Roska on the roster, and we're like, okay, so we could assume he's gonna win. Uh, how about the other guys? Well, unfortunately, I don't think he was a shoe in until unfortunately Austin Perkins just announced yeah. he has a hernia and has to have surgery because. Austin's training has been going phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And I'll talk about Ashton in a little bit, but like one of the one of the questions mark with Ashton is is he going to actually do all of his strongest lifts? Yeah. I don't know if he's going to do his normal bench and he's been training conventional lately. I don't know if he's going to do like it's always a weird thing with Ashton. Like he almost like tries to make meat harder for himself, I think for fun. But like if Perk was there, I honestly think he could have had a chance because oh, yeah. dots actually helps him. He would have he would have, he would have placed higher based off the of dots at the VA Pro. Um, so yeah, without that though, without Perk being there, it's kind of gonna be the Ashton Ruska Invitational again. Uh, I don't see anyone touching him, but after him, we definitely have about three to four people who are kind of stacked up in that that who could. It's gonna be a battle for that two to five spot there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, well, I mean, again, uh, I was really, really upset, um, to hear that news from Austin. I, it's just that I saw the momentum he was building and hurt, and also the, the extent of the injury, too. We wouldn't be able to live for three to four months because then that puts, you know, nationals obviously to a point where we, we will have a 75 kilo national champion who isn't Austin Perkins. So it just, it really sucks. I hope he recovers. I know he'll recover. He's a young guy, uh, strong lifter. He's definitely a gamer. He's definitely a guy who's going to be in the sport for a long time. He's one of the more competitive guys in the sport, too, just with his mindset, his mentality. Um, and I know he's going to stay positive the entire way. And, yeah, if if Ashton had a bad meet, which has happened before, you know, Ashton Ruska, although his body and his demeanor and his lifts seems like he's invincible – he was vulnerable at a point, and that was 2019 Raw Nationals, um, where mm-hmm. Bryce and Mikey were able to beat him. This meet, if that happened, then Austin potentially could get slip into that one spot, and um, barring a 9-for-9 nine nine meet, he could have got – or he, if he had a 9-for-9 nine nine meet, he could have got that. Two through five is where some battles are going to happen, some compelling battles, um, which that's really what we focus on is, you know, people who are competing against each other and pull for the win scenarios and last pulls. So, yeah, um, I'm really excited to see Jonathan Garcia. Jonathan Garcia, yeah, I think is, I think he's going to have a massive rebound meet, and the Arnold was that meet where I saw him do his thing, and goddamn, is he strong. It's probably the most interesting battle on the men's side is going to be for second, and it's going to be between John Gruden and Jonathan Garcia. But we know one thing here. Well, actually, we don't know one thing here. John Gruden is the international man of mystery. Yeah. All I hear is these myths and legends of what he's supposedly doing in training through group chats. I think you hear that too. Yes. We never know if it's true. We don't know what to expect. Now, an interesting thing here is, I, I mean, I don't know if John has been as busy lately. I don't know if he's been working in the same capacity, 
So maybe he's had a bit more time to train and devote to it. Cause the Arnold, I don't, I think usually wouldn't be a good meet for him time-wise because it would be just after the NFL season and training going into it. I don't know. Either way, John, again, we said it last year at Nationals, he could come in in total 860 and we'd be like, yeah, that was that's John. He's going to do it. Or he could come total 800 and we're like, okay, I mean, that's in line with what he did before. I have no idea. I've heard some insane things that he's supposedly done in training, but I can't fully believe it. I think he's going to have a phenomenal meet, and I expect it to be pretty good. But Jonathan Garcia, we've seen what he's done. (laughs) Jonathan Garcia hit a 634-pound squat in the gym, and it was solid. Yeah. Yeah. His best squat so is 583. Yeah. I, that's why I said, I, I think Jonathan Garcia is a gamer. He's done well at uh, big meets in the past, and Arnold was really a meet where he showed out. Just a fantastic meet from him. Um, yeah, I'm really curious to see what he does. Yeah, and of course, I'm curious to see what John Gruden does. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, at Nationals, we're sitting there, all of us, me, Sean, Russ, Delaney, like, is this guy gonna, like, we're looking at him like, is he actually gonna beat us? Like, what's, ha- what's gonna happen? Like, we don't know. And really, even if you look at that performance, 2019, I think his best total was 780, and then he got up to 807. That is stellar progress from a guy who is incredibly busy. He has probably the most demanding job out of all of us who are competitive powerlifters. Um, and he's still able to do that. Again, we are sp- always going to speculate with John Gruden. We actually, even for all nationals, we didn't know if he was going to do it or not. We were just no, we didn't of, know until like two yeah. weeks out that he was actually in the meet. Yeah, I because uh, I remember he sent me a DM for uh, for it, and I'm like, oh, this sounds like he's in, awesome. And then it just sounded like less and less that he's doing it, and I'm like, oh, this sucks. And yeah, at the last moment there, he was in on it, so. <laughs> we that was that was probably the biggest international man of mystery was just the fact that we didn't know he was doing the meet or not and it looks like he's doing it now um of course you're you got to expect something crazy from John Gruden um i'm looking forward i got I, i've got him at 8:30 Jesus. 8:20 would be a i think at 8:20 to 8:30 820, like if he misses a lift or what? I've got him at 830. I think that is a very doable thing. And honestly, one thing I'm happy about is we actually get to know what he's, his strength is. Because I think I mentioned on the podcast, I was more scared about John and Delaney last year than I was Russ. Because I knew what Russ was going to do. I didn't know what Delaney and John were going to do, especially John. I was like, is John going to come in and beat everyone? So he's going to have to play his cards here so that we know what he can do come national time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I'm, of course, looking forward to that. Um I'm excited to potentially get a rematch with him. It's um, It felt good beating him. I'm not going to lie. It was a big name in powerlifting that I was able to kind of squeak in there and take that third spot away from him. Um, it was uh, it was a great competitor to go head-to-head with the entire day. And you get, like, kind of a closer feeling this time um, if you're on my side here. So, yeah, that'll be good if I fucking compete. <laughs> Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that in a bit. I'll go back to Jonathan. So I've got, I mean, again, I, uh, my normal projections, I got, I got Gruden at 830, 1825. I've got Jonathan Garcia at 1557. So he hit that 634 in the gym. 
that, that's in the gym though. I don't know how much he cuts. Um, it was hard to view the depth on it to know, but like he's hit some big squats in the gym and they haven't been quite as big on the platform. So I don't expect him to do 630, but I expect him to go 601. I think he's going to want to get that milestone 601. So I've got him at 601. He hit a 408 bench and it was hard. So I think with a possible cut and after doing squatting, like 391-ish, deadlift's kind of a little interesting. He said he missed the 579 deadlift. Um, and that's kind of been his, his, his Achilles heel is he's missed some deadlifts in the past from grip. Um, he struggled a little bit there, but I think 565 is very reasonable. That would put him at 1557. And if that's the case and we're going off of dots and I'm just taking their body weights from past meets, John's at 563, Jonathan's at 558. So again, that's just a toss up. That's one lift. One of them misses a lift. The other one's in control. That's just going to be a really close matchup and be very interesting to see. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's going to be uh, very close between those two. Um, who do you have, say, going below that as far as people squeaking into the top five? Well, I've got, in solidly in fourth, I've got Angelo Fortino. Do you? Um, I do. I have you solidly in fourth. Now, I know your training's not going as great. I think you're going to talk about that in a second here, yeah. kind of your thoughts on what you're going to be doing. Even with that, though, I mean, I'm looking at second place, um, or, I mean, second behind you. Um, like, we're looking at probably, like, Eric LaPointe and Ed Taylor. Maybe if Justin Rogers, I don't know how his training's going. He hasn't posted a lot, and usually when he's not posting a lot, it means there's nothing special well, going on, been, so uh, I don't ex- Justin Rogers has been big on the story posts recently. So, he's, he's putting, I've seen him posting. He's putting something together, I, he's putting something together, something solid. His weight is higher though than he was at nationals. Good point. So I don't, point. I don't know if dots wise, even if his totals back to nationals level, I don't know if dots wise it's going to be competitive enough to be with you. Um, other people we've got that I think are kind of in the running: Jared Martin, Shahid Bryant. Again, I've got them. I've got them around like five eighteen to five sixteen. Same with Justin, like five seventeen dots. Like they're they're all very very good. Um, some miss lifts, but for the most part, I've got you solidly in fourth. Even with maybe not hitting your best lifts, I mean, I think you probably could repeat your squat that you hit at the VA Pro. Um, I think you've got a little bit more on bench. Now, honestly, deadlift, I would have said your deadlift was going to be down a bit. Uh, I know you've been dealing with a little bit of a hip injury, but that, was it 727 the other day? Yeah. Yeah. That moved pretty well. Yeah. It, that moved pretty it moves, well. It moved solidly. That, that instilled some confidence in me. Where I was like, I, I think you can be able to at least match what you did at the VA Pro, if not chip it with a little bit better bench. So because of that, that puts you in a decent little lead in that fourth spot. Um, if there's someone that could hop in the fourth, I think, over you, would be Eric LaPointe. Yeah. I think his training is going really well. Um, he's kind of Dave Wilson-esque in the fact that, like, I don't know. I, I feel like he's if, if he puts something on the bar come deadlift, he's probably going to lift it. Um he had, oh, I should take that. He had the American record deadlift. Um, Taylor Atwood just mic dropped everyone when he pulled 750. Um, I don't think Eric's going for 750, but I think he definitely is going to go well into the 700s. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I, I'm always high on Eric LaPointe. He is a deadlift specialist. Uh, Justin Rogers, he's making improvements. I think the injuries are kind of lessening on him. Uh, but that, I, you know, and you never really know. I mean, he's probably going to be my fucking DMs, like, right away after the podcast uh, telling me if I'm wrong or not. But um, I, his body weight, if he signs up at 100, is probably a little higher. I don't think he's close to he weighed two nine. He, he weighed 219 at the VA Pro. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah, he's yeah. up there. Yeah, that takes him that takes him, um, that takes him back a little bit. You know what? Uh, but another lifter I kind of want to talk about here 
is another, like, I think, aside from John Gruden just being a wild card, Ed Taylor is is a wild card. Yes. We, you, he, well, John yeah, Gruden is international man of mystery. Ed Taylor is even more of a wild card than Blake LaHue is. Because, yes, Ed Taylor could come in here and get second place, or Ed Taylor could bomb out. Yeah. Yeah, I, he, he, like, if you look at his competition history, it's kind of crazy. Um, a lot of missed lifts, but he had the 790 total that really at a time, 790 total was like, holy shit, like, that can get you second at nationals. And he was kind of talked about as being a contender for the top three spot for, uh, 20, uh, for 2021 nationals. Really unfortunate meet for him. He missed weight. I know he had like a lot of shit going on. Just a rough week. I know um, his job in the military, or his, just being in the military, is difficult for him. Um, so we'll see. We'll see if he's. And I know he's been posting a lot about just recovering from that and trying to rebound from that. And it seems like it's going a little bit better. It doesn't seem like he's hitting that peak that we saw potentially for nationals, mm-hmm. where um, he, was, he was, you know, squatting seven hundred, not to comp standards in my opinion, but it was up there. And his bench is big, and he's got a seven hundred deadlift in the past, but. I, I, I don't think he's at that quite that peak level strength that we were expecting at Nationals where he could have possibly jumped into a top five spot with an 800 kilo total. Yeah, that, that's the main reason I don't have him in the top five. I think he, I think he's kind of on par right now with uh, Justin, Jared, and Shahid. Uh, and it's, it's not even because of his past attempt selection history. It's looking at his training. Um it doesn't look like it's going bad, but it's not, like you said, at what his best is. Like, I, I didn't see lifts that were going to match the 666 squat he did and the 700 deadlift. I hope he does. Maybe maybe we're wrong. We're not saying all of it. But I, I, I had him at about, like, a 6, 1685 total, 522. Um, again, I just – knowing you and knowing Eric, you guys hit lifts. Mm-hmm. If Ed's not coming in with something that's special – and knowing that he's had trouble with making attempts, I'm going to be picking you and Eric for that four and five spot. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would get that. Also, just the comp standard too. I remember at nationals, just watching his bench. I'm like, uh, you're not going to really get a press command uh, if you sink that much into it. And um, it's just, uh, I think it's a, it's a training thing. Got to train to comp standards. You got to compete to comp standards too. Um, it's very hard to make those really big adjustments on meet day. And if you can't make those adjustments, you got to lower your openers. Um, so I, I am curious to see what he does. I was really looking forward to watching him compete at nationals. Didn't have the meet he wanted, but, uh, yeah. Um, should I, uh, should I, should I talk about myself here? What's, what's the deal? Or do you have something else? Let me throw one, let me throw one more person in here and then yes, talk about yourself. So one person to look out for is Jared Martin here. We're going to talk about this. I think we're, uh, I don't know if we said it yet. We're going to do a little powerlifting America nationals, uh, re- or not recap, semi preview or thoughts at the end of this episode. Uh, because if you all didn't know, there is a roster out now. Uh, albeit small, but we do know we have a really good idea of who's transitioned and the Dennis Cornelius is doing PA Nats. He was in this meet. He's actually still on the roster. Um, I'm 99.9% sure he dropped out, which is why I didn't include him. Um, because he's on the PA Nats roster and he'd be banned for PA Nats if he did this meet. Um, and then Tristan Nasalrod, or no, not Tristan Nasalrod, Blake Atwell, Blake Atwell mm-hmm. is going PA as well. 
Those guys, I believe, were 1-2 last year at Nationals. Jared was third. Maybe he was second. I I, I can't tell for sure. Him, him and Blake Atwell are neck and neck. Either way, long story short, Jared Martin is going to be the favorite at the 125 class. Mm-hmm. So he's someone to look at because he's very likely going to be the national champion at 125, barring we see someone move up there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. That's something to definitely look out for. And you really look at the rest of the roster here too. Um, Kurt Navarro, uh, Kurt Navarro, Michael Kunz, um, and, uh, Shahid Bryant. I know you mentioned that. That's like, you know, we get a little repeat for, uh, nationals that we got to see. So, I mean, those, mm-hmm. are, those are the top guys in the USAPL, at least in the, 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 um, the 60 kilo division. Well, now- yeah, now 60 kilos. So that's fun because we kind of get, yeah, like you said, top three. We're going to get to see them battle out. So that's a fun little battle there as a side note outside of like the actual dot scoring. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like the, and the, you know, uh, the rest of the pro roster, uh, you know, some guys to watch there who are solid, solid competitors. Um, so there, there, there's some storylines there. Um, yeah, I would hope your prediction is right with fourth. Um, I've been thinking about dropping out of this meet like three or four times. Uh, nagging, nagging hip problems. I think it's my SI joints now and, uh, knee problems as well. Like for, uh, training. I, I, you guys probably noticed, like, put the foot on the, uh, gas pedal just a bit and then we had to reel it back quickly because I just couldn't lift certain days at the capacity that I wanted. And then, you know, when you restart that, you kind of lose your momentum and then you try to push it back again. But you have, you can't just go and put 20 kilos week to week on your lifts. So there's that, just like not having that momentum and also just knowing that there's national still to be had. So, you know, we've learned a lot in this block. We've, I think still made some gains, a lot more muscles been put on my body. Um, but, uh, dude, it sucks having a podcast and you lifted these fucking meats. Cause I, I don't like saying this <laughs> like i don't i like it sucks it's such an annoying thing but i, I guess I, ha- I if if i sound like an asshole and talk a bunch of shit then i'm gonna look even more stupid in the long run um but yeah like do you just kind of pull it back continue with the block get more practice on my lifts which i know i need going into nationals or do you do this meet and we're gonna see actually like we have one more week of some uh heavy lifting uh for our peak Joe's actually going to come out to Houston. We're going to get a training session in to see, you know, where we're at. Got, I think, one more deadlift and one more squat after that. So that'll be the measuring stick. But if my knee flares up again, my SI joint flares up again, uh, then I'm not going to compete hurt. I, it's, it's, uh, it's not nationals. If it was nationals, I would have to compete hurt. Like you just, you got to do it, but it's not. It's, um, it's it's a fun meet to go to, and it's a stage that I've always wanted to compete on Grand Prix, and I express my love for the Arnold. Um, the Arnold 2020 is still like the highlight of my powerlifting career because it was just so amazing to compete at. But uh, yeah, definitely not a hundred percent, and like, and that's the thing I'm thinking about too is just John Gruden. Like, I I want to beat him again, obviously. Like, that's that's what you want to do and it's going to be a more intimate battle with John Gruden cuz I'm not I'm not focusing on Ash obviously. I'm not focusing on Jonathan Garcia. I'm going to focus on the guys in my weight class because we're going to meet again one of these days. So hoping to, you know, get him or the fact that I would be able to compete with him at this meet was really exciting, but um yeah, just just hoping I could give him a a battle here and 
hopefully uh, give him a run for his money, possibly in the top five spot. Yeah, so kind of two things going off of that. One, something that will be inter- will be better and very interesting next year is the fact that, I mean, as far as we know, the plan is Nationals is going back to October, which makes the ability to have the Arnold in the time frame it is much better. Because the Arnold next year arguably could be the biggest meet in history. Yeah. Because that's when we're going to have the first ever Pro Series finale, and we're not going to have Nationals directly after it, so I think you're going to see everyone signing up for it. Yeah. A lot of people didn't sign up for this knowing that Nationals is coming. Like, I don't want to do this and then try and compete three months later. Next Arnold could be the greatest Arnold in history, if not the greatest meet in history. So that's kind of an interesting. Um, two, now I'm losing my train of thought. I forgot what it was. It was about you. Okay. All right, I guess we'll move on. Well, I can't I just, remember. Yeah, I was just thinking, like, the frequency of meets, too, is something we have to look out for as well because I think we will compete – be competing three times in the span of, I don't know, how many months would that be? Less than six months if you're between the VA pro to, or seven seven months. Yeah. So, so remember what I was going to say. You also will be very busy Arnold weekend. Yeah. So there's something else you have to do. Yeah. Uh, if, we, if we haven't announced this yet, but go ahead and say what you're going to be doing pretty much all Arnold. Yeah, uh, we will be commentating uh, the Arnold and kind of conducting and coordinating with the live stream production and trying to give the best live stream production possible. Um, I'm excited. I mean, yeah, if I if I don't compete at the Grand Prix, I will be commentating the Grand Prix. So that's that's going to be a fun game time decision or week of decision. Like, will I be commentating this fucking thing or am I competing in this thing? So uh, that's going to be fun. And yeah, the the Pro Raw Challenge and all, or the, uh, the the A7 Challenge. And the pro meets too. Um, if uh, if they're competing, um, I'm going to do my best to commentate or get some people in the right positions to commentate. Also, if you guys are interested so, um, in commentating, what's up? I was going to throw this out there because I forgot about this. Because this, I don't know if there's. We haven't talk, talked about me commentating. If you were going to have me on at all, one, I'm throwing this out there. It's just on on the air. The pro raw overlaps with the grand prix, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Um. I'm only in session one. So if you're doing session one pro raw and then have to transition to Grand Prix, I likely, if it works out, could do session two pro raw yeah. and try and fill in the Angelo Fortino vibe. Yeah, I got to get a schedule going as far as, um, like, who can commentate when I'm not commentating and who would be a good team. Also, guys, if you're interested, um, there's a vetting process. So just because you DM me doesn't mean you're going to get the spot. Uh, but if you're going to be at the Arnold, uh, let me know if you want to com- commentate. Um, I do have a good chemistry with powerlifters and know who would be good in the commentating role. So, uh, cause there is a lot, cause I mean, there still is like the pro deadlift and all that stuff that I, I think they want live stream commentary for. Um, so yeah, uh, reach out to two white lights if you guys want to do that. And also like, I will listen and not put some random ass person in there, uh, for, uh, for the, and unless no one volunteers, of course, then you're probably gonna get some random person commentating. Cause I still, if I'm competing, still have to, you know. Um, prep and do things that are competition and Arnold weekend required. It's going to be a very busy weekend for two white lights and, and, and myself. Cause we, uh, you know, it's not like 2020 Arnold, you know, where I did, where, you know, two white lights wasn't as big and the sponsorships weren't as big. It was, we're the growth of two white lights, myself and the sponsorships have been incredible. Yeah. So, 
And we're, we're trying, I sent out some emails today. So if, so if USAPL hears this before they get, they read my email, we want to get a media pass for two white lights and start doing some, some warm up room interviews and we're going to have a videographer there and everything. So we'd love to be able to do some more stuff. So lifters be on the lookout for that. If you see us, we want to start doing, we want to do some kind of like on-site interviews and, and talk to you all. Yeah, for sure. Um, that, that was going to be a lot of fun, but, um, yeah, so. That'll do it for the Grand Prix. Do you want to do our predictions, uh, or the pro and the Grand Prix? You want to do our predictions there? Yeah, uh, this is a tough one, but I, I guess I'm going Ashton first. That's, that's going out on a limb, but I'm going to pick, I'm going to take Ashton first. Second place, I, I'm just betting on the mystery of drawing Gruden. Okay. The, the smart choice is Jonathan Garcia. The emotional choice is I just I just always feel like John Gruden's going to do something crazy, and I don't want to be on the the wrong end of that. So I'm going John Gruden second, Jonathan Garcia Jonathan Garcia third, Angelo Fortina Fortina Fortino. How the hell did you mispronounce <laughs> my name? Is literally on the shirt that you're wearing, and you mispronounced my name. <laughs> All right, Fortino, that guy. Yeah, that dude. Uh, and then fifth, Eric Lapointe. All right, solid lists or solid predictions. I got Ashton Ruska as well. No surprise there. I have Jonathan Garcia second, uh, John Gruden third, Eric Lapointe fourth, and I'm going to put Ed Taylor as my fifth. Steven, this is where my take is going to come to fruition. We had a big debate on this in a group chat, and me putting Ed Taylor fifth. If I win this, I win the argument. That's it. I You might have missed that entire and, one. <laughs> and he's not talking to me. He's talking to a different Steven, oh, yeah. FYI, yeah, for listeners. Single- Singleton. Steven Singleton. One of powerlifting's greatest mysteries. The Shadow. Steven Singleton. <laughs> but yeah, that'll do it for the pro. Those are our top five for the men's side. Now onto the female side. And really, this is very similar in a way to the male side. Well, let me ask you this. Do you think Sam Calhoun's more of a shoe in to get one at a female, or, or, um, at this particular meet than Ashton Ruska? No, because we have some, we have a couple lifters who are, uh, have more question marks of like top end potential. So I don't think it's as much of a shoe in, okay. but it's pretty close. Yeah. Like as well as the fact that I, I don't, one of the things that I'm guessing here, so men and women, please don't hate me for trying to make some guesses. I'm having to guess some weights because we have people changing weight classes. Yeah. And like we have to assume if weight classes are changing body weight might be going up so like for sam calhoun i actually didn't predict her body weight went up in this yet but it could um because she's going at the 67.5 at the virginia pro she weighed at 142 she was already just not cutting i think she was already in the knowledge that she's going at 67 maybe she's gained even more i don't i don't know i i don't know what her weight is so when we're trying to formulate dots that could play into it because i'm pretty confident i mean sam Calhoun's about one of the easiest people to predict uh, yeah. even though she never posts Pretty much she's trying to go for a two and a half kilo PR on each lift every meet. And since she's not cutting, I think that is very, very likely. I mean, we saw how well she came into the BA Pro by not cutting. The only question mark is, is what does she weigh? Does she weigh 142? Does she weigh 145? I think what 67.5 goes up to like 148, I think. I don't think she weighs 148. Um, it could be, but like that's going to affect dots. So that's where. That's where my question mark is more than anything is I don't know what her body weight's going to be based off of dots. Yeah. I was just saying that because she hits, she goes eight for nine or nine for nine at pretty much every meet she does. So like 
it's you just know it's like almost a certainty with Sam Calhoun at times. Like you just know that he's going to hit her lifts and put herself in position to win. And this is a meet based on the roster that he would be the favorite to win best overall lifter. But really below her, we got a stacked roster and a lot of it can go a lot of different ways here. Um, a lifter that I'm really looking at is Brittany Saplicki. Brittany Saplicki, defending national champion, had to really dig deep to win that national championship. And this meets, um, I mean, if, if she has aspirations of beating Sam Calhoun, she's going to have to dig deep for that. And I'm excited to see her back on the platform. You know what I think? Based on my predictions, I think the Bills' loss to the Chiefs may propel her. Potentially <laughs> to get into this or uh, this one or two spot here because big Bills fan got like one of the worst draws and breaks in football history. But um, I don't know. Use that anger to your advantage, Brittany. Um, and also her training is looking very good. I'm really liking what I see from Brittany. Well, one of the things I noted with Brittany is that apparently, I think, like you said, her training is going well. Um, she noted she's able to deadlift twice a week. For the first time, like ever, so I, I don't. I think she, I think she has some hip pain issues, and so yeah. hopefully those are doing well. I saw her hit a three seventy by two squat, pretty darn easy. Um, bench two thirty, like nine ish RPE, and then deadlifted four twelve, uh, like nine RPE. So I, I think she can likely go two and a half to five kilos all over her best list. But the question mark: she's going up a weight class. Yeah, she's going from fifty seven up to sixty. Her Previous weigh-in, 124.8. I don't know if that's going to be her weight. And so that's where dots get weird. And I, I don't know. And we're going to talk about the next person, probably likely to be the main battle here. Just like, just like Ashton's kind of in first. And we talk about John and probably Jonathan being the big battle for second. The big battle for second seemingly is going to be Gabby Martinez versus Brittany Seplicki. And they're the opposite. Brittany is going up a weight class. Gabby's coming down. Yeah. She's coming down from 69 to 67.5, yet her strength looks like it's going up. Now, I don't know if she's going to have to cut a good deal into the meat or if she's already at body weight. She's been saying all these things are body weight PR. So I have to think that she's at lower body weight than normal. And that's where it's going to be weird because I have them neck and neck. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's really hard to say who's going to win because I don't know their body weights to be able to formulate dots. But either way, if I start to manipulate things – they're like dead even around like 530 to 535. Like they're like smack dab on top of each other. Yeah, and really with um with Gabby Martinez and uh Caitlin Berry, which we'll talk about shortly, this is I think the biggest potential of kind of the breakout stars of the USAPL and tested powerlifting or within these two females. You know, Sam Calhoun and Brittany Saplicki are already national champions. Um they're solidified in the sport. Gabby Martinez and Caitlin Berry are fantastic collegiate lifters, and I think this is going to be the meet that solidifies them as legitimate contenders. And I'm, I, and if I'm going to bet on it, I think Gabby Martinez is a future national champion. Gabby Martinez's lifts yeah. are really good, and she's poised too. She's a veteran, single ply lifter, raw lifter. I, she's a, a fantastic spotter and loader as well. She knows the in and outs of powerlifting. I always put my faith into those type of lifters, and really, her, her training is kind of undeniable right now too. She looks fantastic. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really high on Gabby Martinez going into this meet. Um, I'm excited to see what she does. Uh, and she's he's kind of like the uh, if if powerlifting had gambling odds, this is who I put my money on because of people probably not putting as much hype on her 
And I think they, they should definitely consider it. Yeah, I mean, she's same weight class as Sam Calhoun. And projection-wise, I've only got her 28 pounds under Sam's total. And she's young. So, yes, I mean, I think this is going to be a huge breakout meet for her. And you brought up Caitlin Berry. And honestly, I'm going to kind of change my mind a little bit here. I think it's a three-way battle for a second. I think Caitlin Berry, I don't know what her top end is. Yeah. I mean, anyone who's been watching her on Instagram has been stupid lately. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, she's going up a weight class. She's with Sean. Um, I know talking to Sean, the programming she is doing now is so much better than what she was doing <laughs> before. Um, I'm not even going to get into that. It's, but yes, it's, <laughs> she, she's going crazy. I haven't had seen her hit any hard lift. She just keeps hitting everything at seven RPE. So like, I have her right now four pounds under Brittany Saplicki, and they're like going to be the same weight class. But if you told me Caitlin Barry was going to out total Brittany, I wouldn't. I I I could see that. I I I I honestly think by nationals time, Caitlin may be the favorite. Yeah, her lips look efficient. She's young. She's really growing into herself, and also she's got good programming now. It's like kind of the perfect storm to have a lot of progress in a short period of time and continue that progress. Um, you see it happen with a lot of lifters. Like this isn't anything new. This isn't a unique situation. Um, bad programming from a gifted lifter. Like Caitlin Berry is a gifted lifter. She's a very talented, skilled collegiate power lifter, and she had a uh, at nationals too. I remember when we did the March Madness, we. She was she was up there as far as like people people within that top fifteen range, which is still a, a great accomplishment, especially for her age. So yeah, uh, I I I would call it a hot take from your end, but based on what I'm seeing right now, you aren't wrong. And her efficiency is incredible. The only thing, which I guess this is my uh, you know like um this, like uh, I don't know how to phrase this southpaw curse in boxing. It's just that bench. It's it's the Sean Noriega bench where you just like if everything goes perfectly, and he goes straight for three, then there you go. But like that soft touch, super technical bench can potentially be a problem yeah. at these meets. As well as, are they going to use those gosh darn road platforms? Oh, USAPL, yeah. if you are listening, please, for the love of God, never. I mean, it's too late now. You're probably using them, but. Do not use those rogue platforms anymore unless they're going to change the material because it is like it, you, you can debate benches and what's good and whatnot. All benches are fairly usable for the most part. That platform, the rogue platform we had at nationals was not a viable platform for powerlifting. Um, and yeah, I could be biased because of a certain lifter I have, but I, I literally had people who were like flat back benchers telling me that they slipped and strained their hamstring using those platforms because how freaking ice rink they were they were horrible yeah and also usapl listen to this use a row combo bench only on my bench presses going forward just <laughs> think about it that's my stipulation if i'm commentating meets that's all i ask for you to completely change the combo racks as i'm lifting but yeah but that's that's kind of the point i'm making it's so reliant on a lot of variables that really a lifter cannot control um, and that's the only thing right now uh, with Caitlin Berry, and that's really the case with every single person with that type of bench press. Uh, like Sean Oriega is a big one for me. Like, if he, it, so many times, I'm like, I would totally say that he's going to beat Russ if he had a consistent bench press that's uh, that doesn't rely on a ton of variables. Like, 
you don't know what's going to happen at the meet until you get there. And I think, um, and I think every, every bench presser in that way, uh, has that, has that unknown variable that can really cause him some problems. Yeah. And that, that's, and I don't want to say she's inexperienced. I mean, she's competed on the national stage. Um, but Brittany in particular, she's competed head to head in big battles. Yeah. Hard battles too. Uh, Brittany's had to overcome a lot too. I don't want to, I don't want to like gloss so, over that. Like Brittany's had to really dig yeah, deep yeah. in a lot of different ways. So that's where I, I'm leaning towards her for a second, even though I honestly think Caitlin and Gabby might have a higher top end. I just kind of trust Brittany in these situations. Now, the one thing that'll be interesting though, too, is like, we kind of talked about this for the VA pro, like how many people are actually going to care about the dots in the point series versus just trying to put up their best total. I, I'm going to think that most of these lifters are going to be looking at it. I, I can't imagine because there's money involved too. For second and third place, there's going to be money on the line. So I have to think they're going to be looking at that. So that, that's where I'm probably, I'm looking at Britain. I, I mean, we're going to get to the final things at the end, but that's where I, I kind of give the edge to Brittany though. Cause I think she's been in those battles. Um, Obviously, Sean, I'm mean, talking coach wise. Sean, um, has been in these battles too as a coach. Carly's, I was going to say the next Skripinski, um, Brittany's coach obviously has been in the battle because she was in the battle at nationals. Gabby, um, she is self coached. So I don't know who's going to be handling her. So I don't know if they're going to be as experienced with it. Um, but yeah, I don't know that, that honestly, I mean, we're going to get to the A7 challenge where I think there's some battles, but if we're talking the pro side, the best battle of the entire meet is Brittany versus Gabby versus Caitlin Barry. And if they slip up at all, there is someone, and it was hard to protect her because she hasn't posted anything, but Claire Zai just recently competed and put up a huge total. Put up a huge total at 67 and a half. I just haven't seen her post any training that would lend me to believe that she has anything over that because it was only three or four months ago or whatnot. Um, but Claire could sneak in there too. She's very close to kind of knocking on the door as well as someone I coach. Which I'm not even, I'm not going to say the numbers. Angelo, don't say the numbers I wrote here. You can try and give your own projections. I'm just going to hide these from you because I'm not giving them away. I, Autumn Green's going to be there too. I spill my Autumn heart Green out. is going to knock on the door. I spill my heart out talking about all my goddamn problems as a lifter, giving everyone a free scouting report on me, but we got to be, <laughs> we got to be secret for Autumn Green. I'm, I'm just joking. Autumn Green, you're the best. Um, yeah, I mean, th- but that's a lifter we predicted to be a fantastic breakout star. And really, I mean, but if you look at all their numbers, I, it wouldn't surprise me if he really breaks into that top five. Claire Zai, yeah, is another one where I think she was building so much momentum going into nationals, had a great national meet. Um, and she seems to be, she seems to be one of those lifters who is, uh, gaining momentum after nationals as well, which is not, you know, not, um, not common. I'm not, I'm not going to say not common. It's not always the case. People always think that powerlifters are going to be on. They're going to continue to make progress. Well, there's a lot of speed bumps in going into being a competitive powerlifter, especially a pro-level powerlifter like everyone in this roster is. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited to see that kind of play out. Um, and then, on top, I mean, on top of that, Jasmine Adrogo, I think now with coaching under game day, I'm – I'm I'm really curious to see what he does. Been strong for a long time, and I think the one thing that was just missing was kind of that overall structure. Yeah, and she was hard to predict. Like I, none of her lifts were hard, so I couldn't really give a good. Actually, I think she just hit a four hundred two or four something squat 
the other day, like literally right after I did this. I think she posted it yesterday, so that could have changed. Either way, um, Joe, either she's been hiding it or Joe's making her sandbag because like everything was like seven RPE. So it was kind of hard to project her. Um, I think, I think she could get close to 1100 pound total. Uh, which would get her into that 500 dots area. Um, I also plan for a little bit of a body weight increase for her um, for the reason that she's going up a weight class of 75. So my assumption is her body weight's going up, but I can see her at a 500 dots. And that puts her again, it just depends on who, who, who misses and who makes lifts. I mean, I'm throwing out there. I've got Gabby, uh, Brittany and Caitlin all around 530. I've got Claire Zai around 518 to 520. I've got Autumn Green. I'm not going to say the list, but I'll give it dots. 513-ish. And then we got Jasmine and Jamie Fisher in particular around that like 500 to 505. That's that's what I've got for them. I was going to mention Jamie Fisher too, potentially being a person who could slip into the top five there because another great lifter. Another big thing about Jamie, she does have two other lifts than bench. Yeah. She does squat and she does deadlift. Yeah, she's unbeknownst just, to the national, uh, the nationals commentators. Yeah, he's coming to Arnold to do SBD. <laughs> he's not a bench only competitor. You know what? If he was, he'd probably compete in that that ever so glorious and prestigious bench only division that powerlifting has. I mean, right? If he was just there to bench at nationals, why didn't he just do bench nationals yeah. or do the pro bench? But she's a pro powerlifter, so you have to powerlift in order to be a pro powerlifter. And yeah, Jamie Fisher, well-rounded lifter. Um, I, 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 I again, she kind of flies under the radar at all times, but I think there's a lot of people in this females' weight classes who can jump into the top five, and I'm very excited to see that. But also, I'm just curious to see, like you said, who's just going to put their best total possible, not really worry about weight. Because in all honesty, if I say I got fifth at the Grand Prix or the fourth at the Grand Prix, I wouldn't care. That's not that's not, that's not boastworthy. Now, if I had a chance to pull into three, of course. But, I mean, <laughs> like, I don't know. I would, I would opt to play conservative on my third deadlift if it meant um, just not missing a lift. So I think a lot of people in that four to five range might be doing the same thing. So – these might not be as uh, as big as battles, but um, yeah, I mean, really, and I'm just fans of a lot of these lifters too in the uh, in the female side. Got of course, yeah, and it's K It's deep too, and there's some wild cards here. Like yeah, the women, the women on the pro side are, in my opinion, are much more interesting than men this time, which is the flip flop because at the VA pro, it was men were deeper and more interesting than the women's side. Um, we've got the opposite here, which is awesome. Someone that's a big question mark and very interesting is Mariah Bolden. Yeah. Um, she has not posted, I think, any training that could give me any idea of what's going on since nationals. Um, a big thing with her is one, hopefully she progresses. And if she does, that's going to put her in decent. Con- I mean, that could get her over like a 500 dots, but even more so with the shakeup of weight classes, I, I, who I know is going where she may be the favorite at 56 kilo moving forward. That's a good point. We This is something that we kind of have to cover now, and I think the Arnold is going to be like the first idea or early scouting reports. Actually, you know what? I'm, I'm pretty glad that uh, we didn't get our power lift, our power rankings episode in because we can actually wait till after the Arnold and give a better power ranking. I wonder whenever they got that idea from. But I think if we watch this or watch this meet, you kind of get that early scouting report. It's like college football, like – the, the the early AP polls 
of what you're going to see based on recruiting classes. Like this is where you're going to see some of our predictions going forward. And yeah, we're going. It's a it's a different landscape now. The USAPL is different with these new weight classes and the new approach to things. Um, it's just not going to be consistent as we're as we're used to. Like we always had an idea of. Who's going to win the national? Uh, who's going to win the, the weight class in at nationals? Who's going to be the top three? Right now, with the new weight classes, we don't necessarily know that, and I, I'm really excited to see the first type of meet that's going to give us a clear indication. Because right now, all we're going off of is the Virginia Pro and potentially like one or two local meets. Yeah, and so some other battles we got here. I actually have a question mark here. She signed up at 82.5, but I don't know if she's doing it. Um, she just did her, she just, so K-Web. Yeah. K-Web is competing. She signed up at 82. She just competed at 90 though. And based off her, she was 195. I, I don't know if she plans to cut for this meet. Either way, we've got a battle between her and Margaret Hampton, which is a re, redo similar to the Angelo Fortino versus John Gruden of their battle last year at the 84 kilo class um, when they both, I think, had to pull third attempts and Kay ended up getting second and Margaret got third. Um, so we got to see what Kay is doing. Um, if she is cutting down to 82 or she's going up to 90, Kay, if you're listening to this, if you're going up to 90, um, make sure to get your weight class change in soon because I think the, the, the deadline is very soon now. So do that ASAP if you haven't. But if you're going to 82, we got a heads up battle between her and Margaret. Um, I don't know the full landscape of who's going to be competing at 82. This could be it though. This could be the battle because yeah. Amanda's gone. Yeah. So good point. I mean, we're going to get a new national champion uh, crown this year, and um, someone's going. I mean, I like uh, it's one. Th- it's very similar to what we have with um, the world competitions, right? Like. Is it a true IPF world champion if, say, Delaney Wallace wins, but Russ is a true world champion? Well, in our um, in our realm, these lifters are going to be competing for money in their weight classes. This could be a nice little bonus. I mean, it's not a massive amount of money for these lifters who are – the landscape opens up for them to win nationals and cash in on some, you know, on some prize money. So this is important for these lifters, and – yeah, these uh the national the the national scene has not lost its luster because of that, in my opinion. And I we're gonna get some early battles and some early indications on who's gonna be top of the weight class. But also, we just I got a lot of well, I'm just a fan of a lot of these lifters, just personally, because of course we got Solana Lewis, the unofficial unofficial co-host of Two White Lights. Prediction: Solana's gonna PR her deadlifts. That's the prediction I'm making there. All right. I'm hoping that happens. That's uh, that's gonna be um, definitely a big goal of hers. Another one that's I expect a big jump, and honestly, going to be pretty highly competitive here. Haley Hunter has been blowing up, mm-hmm. and awesome for. I mean, I'm going to give a critique here. She was one of the lowest qualifying pros from last year's nationals based off of dots. Yeah, um, I can actually tell you there was a discussion of like a minimum dot score to be a pro and it didn't happen, but uh, she would have been under it. She is going to blow that out of the water. Now um, her squat looks like she's going to be PRing it by like 40 plus pounds deadlift and deadlift and bench both by like 10 to 20 pounds. I have her at 491 dots and a 1047 total, which is creeping up there of uh, being 
highly competitive. I think she's, she was 63, so she's going up to 67.5, I believe. Um, I, she's young. I mean, she's right up there with Gabby as someone who's going to be battling for top spots at 67 for a long time in the future. Yeah, and Haley is, I got to watch in person at the, at Warcat State Championships. She killed it at that meet, and I really felt like the momentum I, leading up to Warcat was strong for her, but I think after Warcat, it's gotten much better. And that, those were some natural level refs at that meet too. I mean, it's, it's not one of those travel meets, but, I'm confident Haley Hunter. She has flex in her corner. This, um, it's a young lifter with a good group around her. And I agree with you. I think Haley Hunter said it when I interviewed her after the work had opened, you know, during the live stream. I think she's going to be a definite future contender, um, for this year. And I think the Arnold is a potential first impression that she is going to be that contender. I'm very excited to see her compete and, uh, potentially, depending on how things go with me, could commentate her her other meet that she has a big <laughs> performance at. Yeah. I'll throw, I mean, two other, I mean, you were maybe going to mention these, but two, two white lights favorites. We got Ariel Patra and Keona Peak. Yes. Keona, yeah. she was all, she was in the battle with Kay and Margaret too, but Keona signed up for 90. So maybe we'll get a, maybe we'll get a Keona versus, either way, we're going to get a battle somewhere. Margaret signed up for 82. Yeah. Kay, we'll see where she goes. We're, Keona's at 90. We're going to get a battle somewhere, but we're they, they were get, having that three-way battle at 84 last year. We're going to see some fantastic lifters. That's what you're saying. From really start yes. to finish here, we're going to see some, uh, fantastic lifters. Um, Vanessa Furby is another lifter I commentated Warcat Open, or Warcat State Championships, and she won it. And she's a great lifter. She's also a flex athlete. Um, Jasmine Drogo, we mentioned with Joe, uh, Joe Stanek. I mean, I, I, I'm really starting to get, uh, confident with her. Tiffany, uh, I believe, I don't want to mispronounce his last name, Long? Leong? Tiffany Leong, I believe, got the second place at Nationals. So, mm-hmm. there's, you're gonna be watching some really great lifters. Gina Hensley, I just really like Gina Hensley. Fantastic lifter, underrated lifter, but also does a lot for the sport too. Fantastic meet director. Does great job in Michigan, and she's competing at this meet as well. Like, if I'm commentating it, which I don't even know at this point if I'm hoping for that, but if I'm commentating that, I'm just gonna be a fan of all these lifters, and I don't, I, I guess the only, uh, the lifter that I haven't been able to mention is, um, Heather Foss. Do you know? Heather Foss and Rachel Everett. Yes. Do you know much about Yeah, that? Rachel's, is it- uh, I mean a little bit, um, both top five now. I mean, I think Rachel was fifth in the 75 kilo class. Um, I forget where Heather was. I think she was fourth or fifth in her class. Um, yeah, both fantastic lifters. Um, I, I looked at them and kind of what they're kind of totaling here. They're probably not going to be in the running for like top five, but again, like we talked about, like the women's class is really deep. Like Heather and Rachel would be competitive at most any meet. And it's just the fact that on the women's side at this pro meet, it is incredibly deep from first all the way down to what I think there's 21 lifters. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm very much looking forward to that. Uh, should we do our predictions right now? Yep, let's go for it. All right, I'll start this one. So I got. Oh, seven. that's not fair. Yeah. Well, you kind of. You know, it, now that I think of it, I think you always. Start. That was sarcasm. Yes, that was sarcasm because <laughs> I always go first. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "What did I?" That's that's actually a huge disadvantage I'm putting myself at. But I guess I'm used to just going last because that's like my thing. Is like. 
Hopefully they fuck up so I can just re Pulling, pull it, you pull last, you do predictions last. Yeah. So I got Sam Calhoun number one. I got Gabby Martinez is my projected second. Brittany Soplicki third. Caitlin Berry fourth. And Claire Zai fifth. Alright. Sam first. I literally, as we're doing this, I kept going back and forth if I want to change it, but I'm going to stick to my guns because I, I literally could reorder these next three in any way, shape, or form. We're going to go Brittany Sublicki second. We're going to go Gabby Martinez third. Caitlin Berry fourth. And Autumn Green fifth. All right. I knew you were going to do that. I was surprised when I saw your early predictions. I'm like, all right. I guess they're putting the an- old Angelo Fortino. That you don't want to put yourself inside of a in a top five thing because it's just weird. But there you go. Well, you did pick Sean Noriega to win uh, Nationals, which is always funny to me that people criticize you for that. <laughs> one of the one of the funniest things ever. It's like that would have been the greatest coaching move. Ever. You're like, no, no. I'm gonna, not gonna pick win. him to only deadlift 75 kilos this year. I'm just gonna go the complete opposite. Well, yeah, it should be like early scouting report. Um, his last meet, he only deadlifted, or well, not his last meet. It doesn't even make sense. <laughs> but it's just, well, his big, last big meet, he only pulled 75 kilos, which isn't good. So, um, yeah. yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna underplay it this year, and I'm just gonna try and go the complete opposite because I'm superstitious. Yeah. Yep. All right. Now to actually the thing I'm really looking for, and now to the thing that I think I'm looking forward to the most is the A7 challenge because this is kind of – I think this is like what Two White Lights lives for. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily the best lifters, but people who could potentially be the best lifters one day, but also just spotlighting really great lifters who either have not had the accolades or the records that has put them onto a mainstream um, level yet. Yeah. And big thing here, there's a pro card up for grabs, men and women. Again, USAPL. This should be hyped up. Yeah. Someone's going to win a pro card here. This is a big di- this this should be what amateur lifters are literally training for for years is to try and win their pro card. Hype the crap out of this. Yes. We're going to hype it because we got some fantastic lifters here and both on the men and women's side I think we're both torn on who we think is going to win the pro card. It's going to be a battle, and that is huge. Mm-hmm. These li- I know for a fact these lifters are not just doing the Arnold to do the Arnold. They're, a lot of these lifters are doing this meet to get their pro card. Ben Collins was on his YouTube channel. If you don't watch Shreddy Collins on YouTube, that's probably my favorite power lifter vlog. He's talking about it. He's he's doing this to come for his pro card. Like People are literally training for this. This is now their goal. So hype it up. USAPL, get behind this. I agree. And also when you look at the roster, it's just like perfectly condensed roster. Like we have – like it's it's – Smaller, to an extent, you get to focus on these lifters a little bit more, and I, this is this is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, and a lot of lifters who I'm big fans of, and I and a lot of them are a lot of them are very popular power lifters. I'm not saying these lifters aren't popular. It's just like this is something to really look out for, and I think the novel concept of them competing for a pro card I think is awesome. Like it, well, it adds as well as this is right. this is the this is the type of meet where we get proven wrong because like I just two white lights info. I can't research every single lifter. I think there's 69 lifters in the, in the, in the raw challenge. I can't research every single one. I research the ones that based off of past performance, we can see dot scores that are going to be uh, in the, in contention. 
But just like we just happened at the Ghost Clash where Yelena Espinoza came out of nowhere and freaking won it. Yeah. And we had no idea based off a of past dot score. We could, we could see this where we have like a Delaney Wallace come out of nowhere, like all of a sudden be top three contender at nationals type level. And we had no idea. So yeah. we're making our best guesses off of who's going to be the top people. But this is, this is the type of meet where someone's going to come with a t-shirt. Um, that's going to mock Steve and then prove me wrong again. I'm hoping that happens. Also, very nice amount of competitors who are lifting at the A7. Just a nice number there. I like that. They should keep it at that. Yes. It's always going nice. Forward. Very nice. Um, where, I, where do you even start with this, though? Like, how do you how do you want to start with this? Because looking at the lifters, there isn't a clear favorite. And really, I, all right, so I'm going to start with Celine Crum. Celine Crum, upon looking at this roster, I would say is my clear favorite to potentially get a pro card and win. But it's it's not it's not really that clear. No. Well no, when I when I started doing this, when I saw Celine and saw her on the roster, I was like, oh, she's getting it. And I was really happy because I know she she's been wanting to get her pro card. She missed out on the VA Pro. Um I was like, awesome, she's gonna get it. And then I started researching, I was like, ooh, it's not gonna be that easy. Um I mean there it's I'm looking at kind of a one-two battle there. Celine Crum versus Maya Wright. Mm-hmm. Um, Maya Wright has been doing some stupid stuff in the gym. Like, uh, her best squat's 374, and she just squatted 386 at maybe like an 8 RPE. Her best bench is 198, and what did she do? She benched 209 for two. Best deadlift is 402. She hit a 413 deadlift. That she didn't show the clip of, she hit it. So I don't even know how hard it is. Um, her numbers look good. Yeah, like really good. And that would be a and out Celine. of nowhere too. That would be an out of nowhere type of situation because great. Lifter, yeah. If you look at her competition history, solid numbers. Um, but you know, not 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 Celine Crumb's competition history. And I'm looking at it too. Like I said, Mariah Bolden was possibly a big favorite at 56. Based off of past performance, Maya Wright, if she does what I think she can, I've got her 1,029 total. She pretty much becomes the clear favorite at 56 if she does this. Celine, she hasn't been posting as much. I, I thought I saw her. I, I read on a post that she uh, – I, I don't think – prep hasn't been the best. And she just competed recently in December. So I, I think a good goal for her would be likely just repeating those numbers. But if she does that, it's going to be tough because I, I've got her. I mean, she already not got her. She had a 521 dots. I've got Maya Wright at 538. And if we backtrack, 538 would be my would be my favorite to get second in the pro raw. Yeah, I mean that's this has happened before. I will like to bring up again 2020 Arnold, where actually, if I want to point out. One through five at the A7 Pro Raw Challenge, which is supposed to be the less competitive meet. From one through five, those lifters would have won the Pro uh, the Pro American, which was supposed to be the more competitive meet. I would have won the Pro American at fifth. At fifth place. Jonathan Garcia would have blown them out of the water. Delaney Wallace would have blown them out of the water. Daniel Clemens would have blown them out of the water. Zach DiCostanzo would have blown them out of the water. This could happen at this meet. Like, I think... You are looking at one of these lifters getting into the top five in the, uh, the pro or the grand prix. Um, and if you look, yeah, like you, like you said, if you look at the roster, Celine Crum, it's like, you, well, she's battling with Sam, Brittany, 
um, and all the other top Grand Prix lifters because that's her competition history. Uh, collegiate national champion, had a fantastic battle with Natalie Richards. Um, but, you know, you, you always got another lifter out there. And uh, Maya Wright, you know, I, I didn't know much about her, uh, did some research. One thing about her deadlift is I saw she bombed out at 2019 Raw Nationals. It seems like with that conventional, you have a chance there of a ramp and potentially resting on the thighs. Just how that deadlift I think is she's done. Sit- but, but by is the way, but, oh, but she also, I'm just saying, she's figured that out since then. Okay, got it. She's figured it out. Like, if you look at now, like, that's why that's why open powerlifting is great. Um, big shout out to open powerlifting. You go and look and you can just tell by, based on hit attempts that a person has figured something out. Like, you see for, you see for a very short period of time that I figured out bench for like th- two years. Like, you see a very short period of time. I think we're back to square one now. But you see, you kind of could see that, and I see that with her deadlift. Like, a lot of missed third attempts on deadlift, and then you start to see three for three, three for three, three for three on deadlifts. And that's that's what I, I think I might be looking forward to, uh, for that the most because of the potential storyline. It's always fantastic to see someone come onto the scene and kill it. I mean, Celine Crum was that way. Natalie Richards was that way. That was the highlight for Carolina primetime was these lifters didn't have the spotlight, they didn't have the limelight, and they showed out, and now they're top contenders in all of the world, not just the USAPL, in the world. Yeah. I mean, again, if Maya was in the pro meets, I would have picked her second. Um, we have two other, and again, I might be missing some people, but I found two others that I thought would be in decent contention if we're looking at, like, top three. And possibly creeping up if, if like that, like one in particular that I don't have any information on really because she doesn't really post her list. Uh, I think it's Charlie Leonard. Um, she just competed and kind of had her huge breakout meet in October. Um, 500 dots. Um, I don't know if she's progressed much since then because I didn't really see any lifts posted. Uh, she does have a YouTube channel. Um, I wasn't able to scour through all the YouTube to try and find all her lifts there, but she's definitely, I mean, I, it, it, my assumption, it's going to be her versus Rebecca Nunn's if we're looking at top three. Like, we're just picking top three here. I think that's what we're going to do for the A7 Challenge. Charlie Leonard versus Rebecca Nunn's. Uh, if you aren't familiar with Rebecca Nunn's, um, one of the most jacked power lifters, um, also uh, known as uh, Pancake God's girlfriend. I think they're a little power couple there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she's coached by Jamar as well, I believe. Not 100% sure there. Okay. May or may not be. Don't know. Might be saying that wrong. Either way, I got Rebecca and Charlie, like, right at about 500 to 505 dots. That's kind of like the secondary battle that I see. Um, we, we have Maya versus Celine for first, um, Charlie versus Rebecca for that third spot. Yeah, I would agree with you there um, as far as looking at the female side of things. Um, all right, now to the me- uh, for me, the men's side, because I think we start with, like, some of the names that stick out to you. So we have some fantastic lifters uh, for the men's side. I mean, I, I might be showing my bias here, but Gage Cadillon. Gage, I'm telling you, is looking very good. He's not posting a lot. He's posting dumb shit like always because he's Gage. <laughs> but he is really responding well to Aiden Raiders' uh, programming and being under Team Nori. That's right, Gage. Your Team Nori. Love it. Is he going to wear the Team Nori uh, comp tee? He better. Um, or, or you know what? Uh, have Aiden Raider just 
give him like a Raiders jersey, like a jersey under it. Just Death Team Raider is, uh, <laughs> is uh, just a Raiders jersey. But I, I, I mean, he's not posting a lot. Like I said, his lifts are looking great. I think based on your projections here, you're he's looking at like a top five 83 kilo or 82 and a half kilo total. Just in general, I think Gage with this meet can get himself in the 82 and a half top five when Nationals rolls around. That total is going to be good enough. That Das is going to be good enough. He's about as he's about as legit as a contender as David Chan. That's how good Gage is looking right now to me. The only that's thing, pretty insane. Yes, I, I mean I saw the deadlift. I saw a seven thirteen by three deadlift. Yeah, and that that's that's saying something because like he's got a direct head to head battle with Jimmy Villanueva. In this meet, which arguably is one of the favorites here, in my opinion. Yeah, and a guy. I mean, I got Jimmy. Jimmy I love. Him. I got Jimmy. I I got to think he's going right for 800 kilos, based off of where I've got him. Yeah. I think that's probably like smack dab on his goal. So you're pretty now, Gage. I'm I'm gonna guess he's not filled out the class yet. So dots wise, he's gonna he's gonna be a little bit lower. But you're telling me he's gonna get close to 800 kilos? Oh yeah, I think 790 is a pretty good range for him right now. The only thing, which this is the only thing I don't know, which I think Aiden could attest to this, uh, bench. I think bench is going much better than it, what it used to be for Gage. Um, that was a lift that he really struggled with. He stopped benching like an idiot and started actually jump benching like a normal human being um, where he didn't like try to do this weird grip that does not work for his leverages at all. Um, he, he's definitely been better at it. And I think we saw that at the, um, at the TBS, uh, the summer open where you well, could, I thought, you I thought see, I remember see seeing him bench like 370 or 375, like three or four months ago. Yeah. He, he was, he, he's, he's definitely improving on the bench. He, if you look at his bench now, it's just a solidly normal bench, technical bench, um, shouldn't give him a whole lot of issues, but that squad and deadlift are legitimate. I think where my breakout performance in 2020 was the Arnold, I think this is Gage's. I think this is where he puts himself into a top five contention at a weight class. The jump to 82 and a half is great for him. I think he's putting on actual, he's really filling out his frame because even if you look at him at 74, he was not a 74. Too big for the weight class. Um, cut down too much, had terrible performances because of his cut. I think 82 and a half is great for him. I think once he stops eating out of gas stations and starts eating like a normal uh, adult male, he will be even better of an eighty-two and a half kilo weight uh, of an eighty-two and a half kilo weightlifter. So, our powerlifter. So, um, I'm high on him. Jimmy Villanueva, though, the second guy there. I'm a huge fan of Jimmy Villanueva. Eight hundred kilos is definitely a possibility for him, and that's going to be the neck and neck battle all day. Is Gage and Jimmy Villanueva, and you know what? Little inside baseball. It's a little bit of a rivalry. I know for a fact Gage would like to beat Game Day. I know this. I know he would like. <laughs> he's not thinking about it right now. He was really looking forward to competing against Alex Lucklow, actually, and he's not competing at this. But then that was a friendly. Uh, that was a friendly. I, I say we make a. I say we make a wager between them that they don't know about that they have to agree to that Jimmy has to wear a Nori shirt or Gage has to wear a Game Day shirt based off of who uh, who wins. Yeah, well, all right, well, so, but Jimmy, though, is the, the coolest guy, nicest guy ever. So, like, it's nothing against Jimmy. It's Gage is trying to be game day. Well, I know. That's more why I care, because Jimmy won't care if he yeah. has to wear a Nori yeah, shirt, but like, oh, Gage will care. Whatever. But oh, I mean, Gage will care if he has to wear a comp tee you're, showing a coach, because he's weird, but. 
you're missing someone who could be the favorite. Honestly, I really wanted to call him the favorite if it wasn't for the fact that he was really talking down on his prep and saying this was this prep just hadn't gone very well. Even though seemingly, if I'm looking at his numbers, they were insanely over his last meet. It was Brian Lee. Um, I've got him projected to be the highest dots. It's honestly, if it wasn't for the fact of his captions, I probably would be picking him based off of the numbers I see. I just didn't know based off of the attitude if, if he was in the right mindset coming into this meet. Uh, as well as I don't know if he's been competing at that same level as kind of like a Jimmy. That as I, I give Jim, that's where I'm getting, like, I agree. Probably Jimmy, Gage, and Brian are those top three. But I like Jimmy as the one who's been on that highest stage. Uh, all right. So with Brian Lee, I noticed that. And, yes, like the projected dots coming in is a possibility. Even in his gym lifts, he's erratic. That's my problem with Jimmy Lee. He is just an erratic lifter. I I think he has to make a – this is speculation on my part because I don't know much about Brian, but I think he has to make a, a weight cut. 67.5 kilos, the dude is put together pretty well. He looks like a 74. Um, I, I think that might come back and haunt him a little bit. And I know Pat, you, like he hits numbers in the gym that are like, holy shit, he's strong. And if he competes at 66, he's even stronger. Or if he if he's able to put it in 66, he's a top three contender for sure. He just hasn't been able to do that yet. And I think that's showing that potentially it's just when he competes, he's not the same lifter as he is in the gym. Um, I could be, you know, I'm the, the, this podcast has been proven wrong before. It happened to me and Garrett all weekend at uh, Ghost Clash. We get proved wrong all the time just on based on speculation, but that's what I see, and that's why I'm putting I'm putting him in that third spot. But I think Jimmy Villanueva is much more put together. Um, I'm gonna, I mean, Jimmy Villanueva is much more put together and engaged too, as far as competition history goes. Jimmy is a fantastic competitor. He had a great, and also just an unsung hero. I mean, unsung hero in performance at nationals. He was fantastic at nationals and just not a lot of was talked about it because when it's just not top three, people don't talk about it as much, but he's shown some great promise, great progress. Um, and Gage seems to have figured it out just by getting good coaching and going up a weight class. I just am way more confident with Jimmy and Gage. So I'll, I'll agree there. And I'm, I'm most confident in Jimmy just because I would love for Gage to finally put it together, but he hasn't yet. As well as somewhat biased, I'd love to have Gage uh, cuss me out in my DMs again for not choosing him, even though that was something you told him to do. Um, I just enjoyed it. So I kind of want to not pick him just so he cusses me out again. Yeah. Because um, that highlight of my day is usually um, is mm-hmm. to get a Gage DM. Um but yeah, that, that, I mean, that will be an interesting battle. I mean, I will say one thing, mean, barring you have something, di- well, I don't even know if I can say this. I mean, I got Gage at a 720 deadlift, but if like he can really put it together, I, him yeah. and Jimmy could both pull 740. I, plus. If, I, if I'm being completely honest, Gage can probably grind out like something 750 plus. He's got that stupid like grip strength and the just the kind of just ability to grind out with lifts and stick with them. His, he's a guy, his range, you know, I, it's, it's almost beautiful. 2019, we're looking engaged, it was really bad for him at Nationals. People were kind of hyping up a little bit, you know, and then you see Pug, C, uh, of course Atwood. I'm not even going to mention him in this one, but Pug, C, and Perk really pull ahead. But don't look now. Gage is possibly a better lifter. Actually, in my opinion, he is going to be a better lifter than Pug 
and C. And I think he's already better than Puck. I think Gage is potentially going to be a huge, huge contender in 80, 82 and a half. And it's, and it will be so fitting for that to happen. Two years in the making, maybe three years, took a really bad performance at 2019, but I think he's going to be solidly battling for a medal and a podium position when Nationals rolls around. I'm, I'm confident with him and I'm confident with Aiden. And, and also, it just sucks that it's like, it's the guy he's going against is Jimmy, who's my teammate, and a guy who I want to see succeed. He's been really grinding for a lot of years. He's been top 10 for a lot. He's been top 10 for a few years now. Um, I think he's definitely in there to go top three one of these days. Um, I think Jimmy's going to be there as well when a 2022 Nationals rolls around, but I, I just, I can't, right now I can't pick against Gage, and if history shows, that worked out for me once. That that did work out for me right. the summer open. All right. I think we, I think outside of those three, we've got three other really, really strong competitors. Um, two who I think are going to kind of have some breakout meets here. One who I don't really know what's going. I, I don't know what's going to happen because he hasn't posted in forever. Uh, I'll start with him. Uthong Pros. Well, he should um, win. He competed right? in October. He what should, you say? He should win, right? Pros. He's. I mean, he, he's 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 made. For he's it. meant to get his pro card. Yeah. He competed in October and put up an awesome total, but he hasn't posted since then. So it's hard to predict over that. But he had a five thirteen dot since then. Ben Collins, Shreddy Collins. Um, who we did wrong by not including in our top three uh, physiques. We we have to apologize for that. Yep, that's a chop on us. He's definitely in the. I think he's definitely in the top three. He could probably go and compete on one of the Arnold stages in natural bodybuilding if he wanted to, like right after the meet. Yeah, he he's someone that I don't want to take a picture with because I don't want to have to stand next to him and get out angled by. Um, and then Diedrich Rucker, fellow game day uh, competitor, uh, boyfriend of Jasmine Drago. Mm-hmm. Um, he's looking really solid. I've got I've got him, Ben and Uthdong, all at five thirteen to five fifteen. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see that. I I, I kind of uh, I mean again because I don't I haven't seen any of Uthdong's training. I kind of want to give a little bit of an edge to Benjamin because I think he had more in the tank over his meat he just did. Um, and that was just kind of a warm up meet, but Diedrich's squat in particular has looked, been looking huge. So it's just kind of seeing how does he peak, um, for this meet for the first time working with Joe. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you on that one. I would probably give the, I mean, that's familiarity, just giving it to them. The only thing about Ben though is he, he competed pretty recently. I don't. I don't know if that's a good idea. I think, I'm sure there's a rationale. He probably explained it. I don't like how short of a layover that was, especially a meet that he didn't need to take. Like, that meet wasn't a meet that you should take before the Arnold, which you're trying for a pro card. You know, unless you're really, really honing in on second attempts, which I don't think he did. Like, I thought I thought his deadlift was definitely a third attempt. So, mm-hmm. I I don't know. I'm uh, I'm not a, not a big fan of that. Um... He, like, if he just kind of reduces the amount of times he competes, and I think, I, I mean, I'm assuming his coach might agree with me. Um, I know Joey's a big advocate of not competing that often or competing with a purpose, you know. Um, I think he'd be extremely successful. Uh, but, 
yeah, I mean, I could see potentially that, but I think we have a really good top three. Even with what I said about Brian Lee, I think he's still a guy who who can go like six for nine and still put together like a five thirty with dots. It's just he's he's the guy that I don't think he could replicate his gym lifts onto the platform. Um, much like Gage and Jimmy are able to. Gage, Gage, and this time too, because he hit, used to hit really overblown like gym numbers, and then when he cut, a lot of that was lost. Right now, I have all the confidence in the world he just matched it on the platform. He, like, he's not cutting at all. He's eating into the meat. He's like 177 tops. So, he's he's going to be a, he's going to be a problem. I, I cannot stress this enough. Is gay, if you compete and Gage out-totals you, will you be able to go back to Houston? Yeah. I don't give a fuck. I don't care. You know, do you think I care about that? I'm not. I'm not the mental midget who could who gets defeated by that kind of stuff. I'll, I'll be able to come back and. It's not so much the mental thing for you. Is will Gage ever let you hear the end of it? Um. Well, considering that, like his his uh let's see, his vocabulary is still like at a f- freshman in high school level. Like, I could still probably work my way around to all the insults that he says by just by being smarter and wittier than him. So I, I think I could just handle that. And also, you know, hey, you know what? I I want Gage to succeed because I want him I, – I want to compete against him. I want more people to do well in 82 and a half so I could constantly motivate myself while training. It's a fun thing to do. This is why This is why these meets are fun. So, because this is what I think about. Like, I think about other lifters, and you know, like, okay, try to put in this training session that will beat these lifters. There's a lot of them. It's always it's it's been that way my entire career, where you're motivated by others, and Gage would be a fan, and that's a guy I shit talk with constantly. Like, I don't I don't shit to shit talk this much with Nori, Russ, Delaney, or any other people. I constantly argue with Gage every single day. And this, if if he does well and outtotals me, then it, it's gonna that that has to motivate me more than anything else in the world. All righty. Well, you ready for top three then? Yep. Yeah. You go first, sir. You go first, sir. All right. I'll give you the pleasure. All right. I'm going to put Gage number one, Jimmy Villanueva second, and Brian Lee third. All right. Well, I'm going to flip-flop yours a little bit. I, you actually convinced me because you knew more. I didn't know as much to see that post his list. But I will, I'm will. i going to stick with Jimmy first. I'm going Gage second, Brian Lee third. All right. And also on the women's side, I have Celine first, Maya second, and Becca third. Well, flip-flop again. I'm going Maya first, Celine second, Becca third. All right. Well... That'll do it for the projections. I am really looking forward to this Arnold weekend. Uh, competition or no competition, this is going to be a great weekend for the sport. It always is. The Arnold's fantastic. This is something that people go to just to go to it and spectate the events and go to the expo and meet their favorite powerlifters, meet their favorite fitness enthusiasts, whatever. I had a blast. That was the first time I met Lane Norton in person. That was awesome. The first time I went, some great memories at the Arnold. And if you're a USAPL lifter, uh, the Arnold is definitely one of the things. It's almost more intense of a weekend as nationals. Um, just as far as like who you see, what you see, and all the things that are going around Columbus at this time. It's, 
it's something um, that we were robbed of in 2020 and 2021. But 2022, I'm hoping to make up on lost times and have a really great weekend at the Arnold. Yeah. I mean, the people watching, let alone if you've never, I've been to the Arnold, I don't know how many times now. So it's, it's, the expo isn't really my thing anymore, except for the fact that like, I still love the people watching. Yeah. The people watching is just fun. I mean, every guy has to wear cutoffs to make sure, you know, they lift, even though it's going to be 30 degrees outside. Mm-hmm. Um, every female is going to wear, uh, the most minimal clothing possible again to make sure, you know, they lift because you wouldn't well, know otherwise. Well, you never, uh, the, um, my favorite thing is the young guy saying, you never know who you're going to meet there. I'm like, yes. Yeah. We're, we're the same building as the mountain and, uh, I don't even know any like famous bodybuilder, but, you're yeah, you're gonna get noticed in this crowd of hundreds and thousands of people because you wore a cutoff shirt and you look jacked and you're a good looking guy. Like no, it doesn't you're not you're not gonna get a sponsorship this weekend. Trust me. Powerlifters at least nope. know that. Yeah, that's a great thing. Powerlifters at least know they're not gonna get any fucking recognition for being <laughs> at the Arnold just as a spectator. So yeah, it's just a fun weekend. I always enjoy it. Arnold Arnold is has typically been my favorite meet of the year every single year. So hopefully it will live up to the hype again, USAPL start creating some hype. You've got this like amazing product and we'd love to see it succeed, but it can't just be two white lights getting behind it. Yeah, we got, and also we're kind of covering powerlifting too. You know, two white lights have been busy lately. We got, we had hybrid, we had ghosts, we had to do our stuff for that. We had to do our research for that. And, we're hoping to expand our team and hire people, but uh, it's just it's not the case right now. Like when those meets happen, we have to we're, we're covering them because we want to see the sport grow. So um, we'll we'll definitely be hyping up the Arnold this week. Very excited. I'm just I'm really getting more and more excited. It's like getting close to Christmas, you know. Like Arnold and Nationals is Arnold's like my Thanksgiving and Nationals is like my Christmas. Yeah. And we've got a re- we got a weird little gapper between those two. Yeah, exactly. Because we now got powerlifting American Nationals, and I don't think anyone's talking about this because I don't think most people know the rosters up. I don't think you knew the roster was up. I think I made you aware. I didn't know until I went and looked again. The rosters up. A um, couple interesting things. Um, one, it's a three day meet, but there's less than fifty people signed up, so I assume they're going to condense it to one day. And honestly, if they condense it to just one day meet, it's honestly a Pretty exciting little meet, kind of. Um, there's not much competition outside of Jesus versus Ray, which will be an epic battle, um, and then Chance versus Keiko. Outside of that, it's pretty much, I mean, I'm, I'm going to go through the list of people competing. It's pretty much just kind of like semi shoe ins for who's going to get their nationals, uh, win to go to worlds. It's kind of, I mean, that's what we knew powerlifting America would be is kind of like the, the, the gateway to worlds. Um, but it'll be interesting, man. If they condense it to one day, it could be a very interesting meet to watch because it's it's going to be filled with a lot of really good lifters. But I'm just going to run down it real quick. I'm just going to go through all the lifters for people who don't know who's going to Powerlifting America and who signed up. Some very obvious. Some I don't think that – I mean, I told you this before the podcast started that you didn't know we're going. So people notable that are that are doing PA Nats, Heather Connor, Rodrigo Manzo, um, Marissa Enda, Ellen Liverpool, Delaney, excuse me, Delaney Wallace, Chance Mitchell, Kristen Dunsmore, who was signed up for the pro meet um, and switched over, Megan Scanlon. Um, I did not know she was switching over. I thought she was staying since she had just done a USAPL meet. Um, Jonathan Keiko, we all knew that one. Um, Dennis Cornelius and Blake Atwell were both signed up for the pro meet at the Arnold and switched over to PA Nats. Um, 
which again, I, I'm assuming there's, I think they're both still on the roster, but I, I can't imagine they're doing the pro raw and then doing PA Nets right afterwards, nor does their training look like it's happening. Um, Dana McNeil, who was the, who battled with Jasmine Penn last year in the 76 kilo class. Um, Mikey D, I think we knew that one. Um, Jesus and Ray, Brandon Dudley, Amanda Lawrence, um, Bonica Brown, and then, uh, Tristan Nasalrod, and then just throwing it out there because he's a two white lights favorite is Grant Iverson. Yeah. I think we'll see him back in oh, USAPL holy, soon holy, though. Holy fuck, Grant Iverson. He, he doesn't, he, a, Grant Iverson? Yes. A, get the fuck out of here. That's the highlight. We talked about it. We talked about that in the chat. Uh, what? Yes. I missed it. Oh my god. That's, that's the highlight of it. <laughs> Grant Iverson. I love you, Grant. It's giving you a hard time. Um, that's gonna be interesting. That's very interesting that he's competing there. But, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, really, if you can that in one day, it is like a showcase meet that will be very fun to watch. Um, I will be attending it. Uh, or I'll be, I, I don't know. I shouldn't even say that because I don't know. Can uh, you attend it? I don't know. I actually should not have said that. I don't know if I'll, like, <laughs> I'll be able to because I'm, this is why I, I, I have a manager now because I can't figure out my own schedule. Um, I'm hoping I'll be able to be free to attend it because no, I, we can't. We no, we can't attend it. We can't. Why? Is it is, it, is that game day? It's yep. Oh yeah, game day that. open. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, it's so, going on the same day. That's gonna be really. I mean, hey, you know what? That'll be our first competition with PA. Try to get more people in the, the game day barbell than powerlifting American Nationals. Let's see if we get well, more right now. I mean. <laughs> I don't want to crap on powerful Mayor too much because there's some really good lifters signed up, but game day is going to have more people competing. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. By like, by like double. That is a good point. So, I mean, I'll be, I'll be definitely watching just with kind of like, uh, just my phone to see so many, uh, some updates. The only thing to me is like, how hard do you go at powerlifting nationals or powerlifting American nationals? You know, like, I mean, most of these people. Sh- I mean, if I were them, I wouldn't because yeah. again, Taylor Shuin, Heather Connor Shuin, Marissa Inda Shuin, Ke- Rodrigo Manzo. Sh- Ke- Keiko's gonna. I think a Shuin. Keiko Ray and Keiko Chance Ray and Chance and and Jesus, Jesus are gonna have to like go and put in meeting. Kristen Dunsmore might have to. She's got Precious Andrew, who I I mean, Kristen should beat, but Precious is still a pretty solid lifter. Um. Megan Scanlon's going to have to do something because of Ellen Liverpool. Yeah. Uh, okay, we got. I don't think Delaney's Delaney's not going to have to do anything. No. Um, I don't think Dana McNeil's going to have to do much. Dennis is going to have to try because he's got Kristen Nasalrod and Blake and Tristan and Grant. That's and Calvin Hugo. That's honestly the one twenties might be pretty interesting. I mean, if Dennis gets hurt again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Amanda Lawrence Shuin, uh, Bonica Shuin. Bonica. Uh, Bonica. Really cool. Bonica. God damn Michael Davis guy. is going to have to try because he's got Brandon Dudley. So he's going to have to try. He's going to have to do something. But yeah, I mean, these lifters are going to have a super quick turnaround to, uh, it's, IPF Worlds. Exactly. I mean, it's they're like, only going to have two months. So exactly. if they can, likely we're going to see a lot of just kind of like token lifts just to get their, their spot. Well, I talked to Gavin over the weekend and like that he's doing USVI nationals kind of like to do that, like to really put himself into a battle with Keiko and Gustav. Yeah. And that's a smart, and I think that's actually a smart thing to do and actually better for the sport too. Cause that, I mean, that's fun. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Because that's been the issue is that we have all, we have so many lifters who would get one through five and we, they only give us one. So yeah, the Fuck. fact that we can get Gavin and Keiko and or chance, cause yeah. I don't want to just give it to Keiko. Chance is stupid right now with some yeah. of his deadlifts. 
So I'm I'm not giving that to Keiko by any means. No, I am. I'm, uh, I'm, even though Keiko's even though Keiko's training is going really really well. I mean, yeah. it's going really well. Oh, that no. that there's two battles: Jesus versus Ray and Keiko versus Chance. That's PA Nats. Yeah, I and that's a big storyline for me. And damn it, man! Only if there was like a thing that can get people from all over the world to compete under one organization, and the big meet will be all of them competing at once, as opposed to just like two of them. I wish it existed. It just doesn't in this sport. It sucks, man. This really sucks. What yeah. are we gonna have to? What are we gonna have to do to make sure that happens? I don't know. It would just be, it would be so cool if we could all just compete. It would be great if you had like this professional organization that allows lifters to compete against each other at all times. That'll be really fun. That would be something I yeah. get into. I'll and then do, like like I'll a Ron do. like a Ron Dell Hunt could come over and compete yeah. maybe. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, or you know, and like I will actually also I'll tune into multiple meets as opposed to one. I'll watch like. Four or five meets a year and do preview shows and recaps on four or five meets as opposed to like two or maybe even one. Because a preview show for Powerlifting National or Powerlifting American Nationals, I don't know what they're calling it. Powerlifting American Nationals is kind of going to be difficult because we're just going to be talking about how great these single lifters are with like a few battles in between. Well, I think we already talked about it. We're probably not going to do a preview show because it, maybe we could throw it in somewhere, but like there's, there's not really a preview to it. It's just these yeah. lifters win. Yeah. I mean, uh, barring, barring anything that and happens. Then well, I mean, Taylor straight. Atwood's, Taylor Atwood's caption when he initially announced it, he's hopeful that he could win nationals. <laughs> he's hopeful that he could win power of the American nationals and compete at a world stage again. I don't. What, what's harder for him to win, powerlifting American Nationals or IPF Worlds? That's, I don't know which one's even harder. That's a that's a very good point. We're talking about Taylor Atwood. The, the one where you don't have anyone to compete against, or the one where you compete against guys that total 140 kilos less than you. Yeah, that's that. I guess that's the exception to the rules, Taylor Atwood. Though, like that's just yeah. absurd. Um, because Delaney Delaney's gonna have a battle at at Worlds with uh, for sure though. With, uh, I always forget his... Uh, Tom Mazag- Do we even know if Tim Maz- uh, Mazagati can even go to Worlds, though? There's been issues. No, I think uh, I think King Alyssa talked about uh, New Zealand being into IPF Worlds. Or as far as their travel. I think they're in. Okay. I mean, I mean it could be a battle. I mean, they're hyping it up. King Alyssa is hyping it up. He just squatted... Yeah, I think it was high. Well, he I'm squatted 325. I'm sure they're going to... Hype up everything to try and make IPF Worlds 82 kilo look yeah, by the way, reasonable. King, by the way, King of the List, you can mention that we're in the USAPL. You you are allowed to do that unless, of course, Gaston has his fucking sniper on you guys at all times. Like, you can mention that in your captions. that or One, that the Arnold is coming up, and two, that someone's a USAPL lifter. Because this is not existent anymore. Wonder who's gonna do at Powerlifting American Nationals. I'm so glad we're not employed by any of these federations. Like officially, officially. Where like yeah. I can just do whatever I want and say whatever I want and criticize no, whatever I, I want. Pretty much. But yeah, that's that's our Powerlifting America uh preview show. <laughs> Ta da yeah. <laughs> They're gonna get so pissed off too. 
Some of these listeners are going to get pissed off at, at, at that, but um, well, we, I mean, obviously, Worlds, we're definitely going to preview because it's shaping up. I mean, oh, yeah. Worlds is Worlds, we're, we got to do our fantasy league again because that was awesome. Yeah, um, Worlds is still great. Worlds is a great thing. Um, I think there's, of course, problems with it, and I think it's kind of holding back the sports evolution just based on the set of rules that it has. But um, I still think it's awesome, and I always will think that landscape or that that's that uh, that base will have a great effect on powerlifting. I just um, have other ways to like constantly give us something to watch and entertain us and compete with the whole season for. But, um, you know, that'll do it for this episode of Two White Lights. You know, it's going to be a busy week for Two White Lights, so we're going to have this episode on Monday, and that's going to take you right into the Arnold, have a lot of time to listen to it. Um, we're going to get a lot of content at the Arnold as well. Because we'll both be there. I'll be commentating a lot of the action and um gonna be inside the action as well, you know, with uh people in the warm up room. Um I'm I'm really excited for this and yeah. Can't wait to see you again, Steve. We see each other a lot now though. It's not yeah, like it's we're, not- we're gonna spend we're gonna spend like a whole week together. Uh well we can announce it too. We're gonna yeah. be at Collegiate Nationals. Yeah, if you made it to if you made it to one uh, an hour forty five minutes into the show, we're doing Collegiate Nationals. I'm very excited for that as well. Yeah. You know, it's, and it's like a little- we talked about game day open. We gotta announce this more officially soon enough. We've got a cool sponsorship that or not even sponsorship, collaboration with Pioneer. Yes, we do. I'm I'm We've got some we Pioneer is going to be uh it's since sponsoring two white lights commentating at game day uh barbell open. Um and we're collaborating to give away some free stuff to the two white lights favorite lifters of the day. Yeah. So So we're gonna pick them. We're gonna pick them. Yeah. Anyone competing at the game day open, you got a chance to win some pioneer gear, courtesy of us picking you as our favorite lifters. Yeah. And we can yeah, and I, I think we could elaborate more on that on two white lights page uh with the weeks leading up to it, but I'm excited. Um, everyone else should be excited. If you're going to the Arnold, I'll see you at the Arnold and peace.